indecent exposure. You were convicted of indecent exposure for the third time. That's exactly what it is there, Poindexter. It is four counts of indecent exposure. Welcome, my indecent brothers and sisters, to episode number 41 of this musical carnival of dreams called Indecent Exposure. I'm your host, The Mongrel, and as always, I thank you for tuning in. And you can tune in to hear the best in new indie tunes and news through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now Spotify. Subscribe. Never miss your music fix. In addition to eight great tracks spanning several genres, I had a great interview with a brilliant duo unexpectedly drop into my lap this week. I think my conversation with Brooklyn-based Charming Disaster will more than make up for the lack of one last week. Their new album, Spells and Rituals, just came out and carries on their craft of spinning whimsically dark, slightly unhinged stories through song. Although their summer tour has been scotched due to the pandemic, you can catch them outdoors at The Foundry, West Stockbridge, Massachusetts, August 7th and 8th, if you should happen to be in the neighborhood. And I happen to know it's a great space, a really, really great venue. So even if it's a bit of a hall view, what the hell, make a weekend of it. Worst places to be in the summer than the Berkshires. Ticket info available in the show notes. Well... I have got so many great tunes that I wanted to share with you, and zero self-control. Makes for a bit of a bloated episode this week, but I doubt you'll mind. I've been cutting back on the carbs, so maybe this is my way of filling that pasta hole. I don't know. But let's get right to it now, with a couple artists who showed up on my radar just in the last little while. Ever since the launch of my very first podcast featuring Beantown artists, I've always been a sucker for a great Boston band. So there's a familiar comfort to the sounds of this 2016 New England Music Awards winner, Best Not Broken. Their blend of rock and power pop is infectious, and the lyrics are wicked smart. All evident in the single, Red Flags, released in late 2019. They've shared stages with such diverse greats as Pat Benatar to Jason Derulo. They recently took part in the physically distanted Tupelo Drive-In Concert Series, presented by the celebrated Tupelo Music Hall in Londonderry, New Hampshire. If you're feeling like you need to be where the music demands to live free or die, you can check them out live at the Great American Rib Fest in Merrimack, New Hampshire on August 8th. I can't think of a much better combo, to be honest. First, though, let's hear from Velvet Sunset, who sent me their second album, Down the Road, which includes just a bunch of trippy songs that fit their own description of atmospheric and engaging. This French indie rock band was born in 2016 and is composed of Eleanor on vocals and Max on guitar and bass. Let's hear Hollywood, which puts me in kind of a a Lou Reed state of mind, right now on Indecent Exposure. Is the sky I dreamed in your eyes Feeling rocky and kissing softly Under the moon of a night in June Well, the birds fly, kiss me 
good people of the world. This is Fantastic Negrito. There's only one Fantastic Negrito in the world, and he's on Indecent Exposure. Next in the lineup is Temperamental, an all-girl rock band composed of artists in their mid to late teens, rising through the ranks of the L.A. music scene. The founding members of the band were brought together by chance while spending several months filming the Netflix comedy TV series Wet Hot American Summer, 10 years later, in Malibu, California. During this time, they found that they all had a common bond in music and spent their breaks singing together. Well, a few months after filming wrapped up, the girls reunited just for fun, and that's when they decided to form their all-girl rock band. As you'll hear, <laughs> these chicks rock out with a ferocity that's sweetly savage, and I cannot wait to see where they end up in a few years. After that, we're going to hear from an artist whose trajectory I've been tracking since around 2005. As you'll hear in the single Murder Suicide off his upcoming album Everything Around Me, Mark Schwaber is a quintessential musician's musician for whom artistry is key and control of his well-developed gifts seems to come effortlessly. He's primarily been a solo artist, releasing six albums to critical praise while touring 19 countries, but he's also been a collaborator, most recently half of the duo making up Revenant C with Sherry Hupfer, who herself performs as Of Artemis. He's also been a tireless advocate for addiction survival and recovery for years now, and we've had this fluid and shifting interview on the calendar that I believe finally is going to take place in the very near future. Live in our Discord server. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. How? Well, maybe sign up for the newsletter via the link in the show notes. I only tell you what you need to know when you need to know it. So don't be scared. Right now, though, let's enjoy Strawberry Short Death from those bad girls from the City of Angels, Temperamental. <laughs>
may be among us tonight for the first time may be wondering what is going to happen now. I will tell them, before proceeding to the mysteries, which are only for the initiate, it is of course necessary for the minds and souls of us all to become purged and to be made clean. I'm therefore going to ask anyone here who is not in tune with us to submit to a very simple process of control.
again, that was Mark Schwaber with Murder-Suicide. And before that, Strawberry Short Death by Temperamental. Now, I just heard from Mark this morning as I was putting the show together. And we're trying to get that conversation set up in the next couple of weeks, so stay tuned. Now we get to the real meat and potatoes of the show. I just learned that Charming Disaster is coming to my neck of the woods August 7th and 8th to put on two shows. And with so few responsibly staged, physically distanced, properly PPE'd events available, well, I got pretty excited and I got in touch with them straight away. And I was not surprised that Elia Bisker and Jeff Morris were every bit as disastrously charming to speak with as I'd hoped. And you are going to hear that. Just so you know, after a conversation, I considered making the interview available only to patrons. But I am feeling generous, so what the hell. I'm unlocking it for everybody. Now, if you happen to be feeling generous yourself, why not become a patron at our page at patreon.com slash indecent. And, of course, that's I-N-D-I-E-C-E-N-T. Link in the show notes. Yeah, you'll get a little bonus indecent love when you do. But more importantly, your support will keep this show going, which means that we get to continue supporting the artists that you love. Now, while you're getting out your credit card, why not let's listen to the single that the artists themselves suggest that I share with you from their new album, Spells and Rituals, right here on Indecent Exposure. My black snake and my donkey keep the predators at bay The coyotes and the copperheads stay well enough away The power that protects me is a circle made of salt But when you come to get me I won't feel a thing at all The vultures that surround me ride the thermals up on high Yeah, ever since you found me I'm afraid that I might die The scarab on my pillow whispers vespers as I sleep You saved me from the sparrows, now my soul is yours to keep Come morning we awaken to a garnet-colored sky The mirror cracked and broken, making X's of my eyes Can't turn away the darkness, so instead I hold you tight yeah, ever since you found me, I'm afraid that I might die
comes just for you, my love, comes just for you. of my eyes like a fire that I have become aware of just recently. It is the Brooklyn-based musical duo Charming Disaster. Uh, They formed in 2012 by Elliot Bisker and Jeff Morris, and they are something that is rather unique, uh, rather original, and a little bit spooky. Um, They say they're inspired by the gothic humor of Edward Gorey and Tim Burton, their noir storytelling of Raymond Chandler, and the murder ballads of, of American tradition, and... Uh, they're they're hard to pin down exactly where they fit in the in the sort of spectrum of American music and American roots music, uh, but they definitely have um, sort of a cabaret style. So if you love musicals, if you love that uh, <clears throat> that sort of intimate feel, there they are. Um, but they also have some really deep American roots licks, and you're going to hear those uh, both in their strings and in their keys. Here they are on. Indecent Exposure, Charming Disaster. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks so much for having us. Hey, how's it going? It's great to talk to you. It's wonderful, wonderful. Hey, it's been a heck of a hot week up here in the Berkshires. Uh, How has it been for you guys down in Brooklyn? Hot, very hot. Um, Meltingly, scorchingly hot. Mm -hmm. Humid, disgusting, sticky. Guitars hate that, don't they? Oh, yes, they do. 
So I have a confession, which is that I, I have this very beautiful ukulele. It's a custom build um, by a maker out in California. It has my picture and in inlay on the fretboard. It is the most precious possession I have. And a few weeks ago, I left it in the car overnight in its case. I know I was I was loading in and things were very chaotic. The, there was this big like police thing happening outside my house. And so my black ukulele case invisibly in the car in the dark lived there until the next night. Oh, no. um, and my strings, like, I will not stay in tune. Since, like, the strings, I think, just, like, uh, oh, really? Yeah. So I need, I really need to restring the ukulele, um, which is why I keep having to tune it even more than usual. You have that great case, though. It's got a gasket and everything. Yeah. Fine. Like, the uke is fine, but, like, the heat from like, sure. on the strings. So that, that is how hot it is. It's so hot that my ukulele strings. What was um, that movie that, that when you, when you died, they, they bury you in this, like, this special sand and they do this, like, ritual? Uh, and then, like after you know a full moon or something, you'd, you'd rise again. Do you think maybe you need to like find some kind of some kind of healer, some sort of medicine man or medicine woman to do like a a ritual to bring it back? I mean, it's got your face on it. That's why I'm saying it's almost well, like you know the ukulele itself is is immortal. I assume because it has my face on okay, it, okay. as mentioned. Um, I think um, although I'm all for rituals and um, you know. Mm -hmm medicine people of all genders um enacting those rituals um i think i just need to restring it <laughs> it's like a, it's like a voodoo, a voodoo lily uh, really when you think about it um because it's you know anyway so you're on this show and you're on the show for a number of reasons uh because of all the wonderful things i said about you in the intro but um but also because you are going to be coming to uh the berkshires in just a week or so, maybe eight days, uh, to play at the Foundry West Stockbridge. Um, I think it's August, was that August 7th? And August 8th. We're playing mm -hmm. two shows on Friday and Saturday night. Two shows, Friday and Saturday night. Now, have you been uh, to, to West Stockbridge before? Um, yeah, well, first of all, my parents, they have they live in Lenox most of the year, so um, I have a local connection. And I attended Champ Camp Chimney Corners as a child. So I have spent a lot of time in the Berkshires over over the year. Okay, um, so you're you're one of us. I'm kind of, and you're so one of us, and, and and as a bonus, I was camping in um in Tolland um last week for a couple days, and on my way home, I stopped by the foundry and I met Amy, and I got to see the space, and I was still all like you know have unshowered after several days of camping and like a mess, um, but um it was it was a fun sort of surprise drop in, so. Um, I'm very, I'm really excited to to return to the Foundry and to West Stockbridge, and they, um, you know, they, we were originally booked to play their Black Box Theater, but obviously with COVID, that is not possible. Um, so they have done a very ad, um, adaptive pivot to outdoor programming, and will be playing on their new patio stage um, with people kind of socially distanced and limited seating, and all the audience has to be wearing masks until they sit down and. Um, Amy's been incredibly thoughtful about how to how to make it safe for us and for them. Um, you know, you guys have time. I don't know if you've thought about this, but you have time to make some merch masks. We have yeah. bandanas. Yeah, we have bandanas. And the bandanas work as a mask if you want, but they're so much more versatile than yeah, that. Yeah, they work as blindfolds if you Tur don't want to see what's going on. Tourniquets oh, if you yeah, have some kind of major... A sling. Yeah, sling. A slingshot. A hobo, hobo bundle. Yeah, there's lots. Um, it's more versatile than just a, a mask. Excellent. This is our first gig in front of real live people in three dimensions, I think, since 
the end of February. The end of February. So it's very exciting. Very exciting. Well, we are, well, we are honored that you chose uh, the Burks to to sort of you know reestablish connection with the human race, um, mm -hmm. if in fact you can call it that. Um, <laughs> Because it's, I've been to some outdoor uh, arrangements, and they're you know they're the the surrealism uh, appeals to me probably as much as the event itself, um, which <laughs> would not be true in your case, but you know in, in other people's cases, for sure. So let's get to the let's get to the root of this here. Um, we're gonna play a tune. Um, I have my favorite off of your new album, which is um, Spells and Rituals, or is it Spells Add Rituals or Spells Plus Rituals? Uh, spoken, it is spells yeah. and rituals, and written, it's the plus sign. That's a good question. Nobody's asked. Yeah, that no before. one's noticed that. Well, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, you know, having uh, twenty years in publishing, um, yeah. I look at that, and that just that just makes me go, huh? Do they need a copywriter, a copy editor, or <laughs> is that you know, is that a thing? Um, yeah, and I, I don't, I don't actually need a. I I've worked as a proofreader for many years, um, but the the typography and the the visual presentation is very important to us. And Jeff does a lot of does all of our art department graphic design stuff. But we liked the geometry of the plus sign. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. And I have to tell you, I've I've looked at a lot of band websites, and um, I would have guessed that a proofreader's eye had seen this, uh, this <laughs> copy, uh, because not everybody has this sort of command of of the language uh, so you know definitely extra points for that um so but to get you know to, to be fair here um uh i'm hoping that um that when people hear spells and rituals they will be every bit as charmed as i am um but uh, i have my favorites uh what what tune or two should we play for for the audience oh. to get them warmed up for your well, show I'd love to know what your favorites are. Yeah. Um, I would have to say that my favorite, uh, hands down, is Belladonna Melodrama. Um, oh, nice. I love that. Well, there are, there are reasons. I've, I've had, well, we've all had, <laughs> we've all had those melodramatic folks in our lives. And uh, sometimes we've even, <laughs> sometimes we've even been that melodramatic folk. Um, and so it just kind of, kind of brought back uh, wistful um, <laughs> memories of, of some of my favorite uh, melodramatic relationships but um no that one and um probably blue bottle blues um that's a that's a real that that resonates nicely oh thank you blue bottle blues was actually inspired by the book the poisoner's handbook by uh deborah blum which is this incredibly vivid account of the history of forensic science in prohibition era new york city and there's a chapter devoted to every different kind of poison and how they learn to identify these poisons in dead bodies. Yeah. And poisoning was very prevalent. In, Accidental in the poisoning, on purpose poisoning, on, all yeah. kinds of poisoning. There's lots of things to <laughs> die from. And uh, yeah, it's a great book. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think people will get it. Well, and you mentioned Edward Gorey as a, um, as a sort of a, a spiritual ancestor um, to your music. And, and I think you couldn't, that one probably is a perfect example of that. I mean, I think of the ghastly crumb tinies there. Yeah. Um, yeah. every time I, I, I listen to that and I've listened to it a few times now, but, um, they're all great. Uh, what, uh, what tune or two do you think, uh, should be shared? Um, I, the, uh, the one that we would propose is uh, black snake, which is the opening track, um, which, mm -hmm. um, is kind of, that was the, the single, 
for the album and uh we made a very elaborate music video for that one uh shot in a haunted mansion in staten island um and that one i think offers a sense of the the spirit of the album that's a good representation of the excellent and blue bottle blues is a good choice too they're all good choices really (laughs) all good choices yeah you mean you're not going to have the artist say well you know they're all good except for this one that i did and that you know you could just (laughs) no no we'll do that we'll embed the uh, the video onto the page Oh, uh, the YouTube video because yeah I I love that it's uh it has it has the mood that we're going for for sure uh, with the uh, especially the, well no I'm not gonna not gonna let people find they can find out themselves I won't spoil it um, <laughs> so this is um you know I would have said niche once upon a time kind of everything's niche these days in its own way what um what draws you to these sort of um esoteric subjects esoteric are they esoteric it's not esoteric or maybe not esoteric okay sort of sort of spooky sort of you know gives you the chills yeah i mean like a good ghost story i mean (sighs) i feel like we've come here through storytelling we love storytelling and since we're a duo we can really explore the aspects of two sides of a story and what happens when people meet and what kind of trouble they get into. And, you know, it quickly, you know, described more of the dark sides of things, which is more interesting. I mean, I, I think it's just our own sensibility. Like it wasn't a calculated thing. Like we, we need to have a band where we can play a lot of Halloween gigs. <laughs> right. Which has happened. Which has happened. Yeah. Um, you know, when Jeff and I met eight years ago, we each had our own band, a larger band, um, and we were the we were each the sole songwriter and like lead singer of of our own bands. And so when we got together, we didn't need another project, especially, but we we really had this instant simpatico and a kind of kindred spirit recognition, and um, and getting the opportunity to write songs together meant that. We, we kind of needed to focus our parameters to make mm-hmm. this project specific from um, our other projects and special. And what could we do with, with a duo that we couldn't do with, yeah. a, with a larger Because we knew we didn't want any other people in this band. Because it's impossible to schedule rehearsals yeah. or gigs a lot of the time when you have a large band. Um, and so when we sat down to kind of talk about, well, well if, if our focus is storytelling and narrative, um, what kind of stories might we tell with two voices? And it just immediately went dark. And we were like, okay, two people have murdered somebody and they don't know what to do about it. Or there's a living woman in a love affair with a ghost. Or we've just stolen a car and, you know, we're on the run, that kind of thing. So we just, I mean, I think we each have a kind of playfully dark sense of humor. Um, for example, just yesterday, Jeff was talking to me about um, an apartment renovation um, where the contractor wants to put like backsplash tiles all the way up to the ceiling. And I was like, I mean, I didn't think about it. But I was just like, what are you like slaughtering pigs in there? And, um, <laughs> yes. you no, know, that's just where our minds go. Yeah. Uh, I, as a tiny child, my mother would sing Tom Lehrer's I Hold Your Hand in Mind, dear, to me, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with that number, but the hand in question has been severed from the the former owner of said hand and the the singer is addressing the hand of the woman it's very who romantic. Has, obviously it's very you know it ends with i'm sorry now i killed you our love was something dear so i think it was i like your mother 
Yeah, you'll yeah. like you'll like her. <laughs> we'll get her on the next next episode. <laughs> now that all makes sense, and and you know the the thing that you can do and that you do very well, and part of it is is because you both have impeccable timing, um, and character in in how you vocalize these lyrics, um, but your voices also fit really really well together just tonally, and that that makes the conversations that you have like in belladonna melodrama that makes these these conversations really natural um they sound barely rehearsed they just they're very organic they just come out <laughs> yeah we just sat down at the piano that came out yeah so by your reaction do, do i take it then that um this album um has been was a was a bit of a a labor of hercules no, it's not that. It's just that it takes us a very long time to get from creation to recording, well, to release. Um, yeah. We we typically write songs kind of, we, we don't write them in chunks and then go into the studio and record them. We we tend to be always working on something. And then when we've accumulated enough, then we start recording them. Um, and so, you know, from start to, and also we we spend a lot of time rehearsing and kind of perfecting the like you know what we call sometimes the like the filigree mm -hmm. um you know once we've sort of hashed out the arrangement and like how we we, we can we're off book we can play it in right. front of people and then we get to sometimes we have like a spreadsheet even or like a chart we're like okay like at the end where like we're gonna do the harmony like here's like the four permutations of how we could do that like <laughs> let's like yeah, let's, let's try them all those. out yeah, yeah. Um, so and, and plus in playing it live, um, we, you know, it's particularly with the piano songs, you know, we're not really piano is not our primary instrument, but we wanted to be able to sit down at this piano and play this song that was like a basically a confrontation between two people. And that took some time to like, get that under our fingers and be able to play it and sing it. And like, you know, if you see us play it live on stage we basically attack each other while we're playing yeah it. there's like a fight scene in the middle and so there's all that aspect which adds to the you know the time and the production of it and we we are very prolific so we have a lot of stuff so it's it's almost like that that increases the time like when we write something to when it's released because there's so many songs and oh so we've many things to do we've accumulated so many now that are like ready for recording and yeah. we were going to start recording um the latest batch back in april and obviously that has been put on hold um and we've we've totally revised what we're working on next and how we're working on it so that um because usually we work with um, a recording engineer we've been working with for years and years and this time we're, we've ordered a couple of fancy microphones to try and do the tracking ourselves and then mix with him remotely, um, which we've done a little bit of with success. Um, but we, we really would rather be in a real studio with somebody else running the mm -hmm. session, but yeah. um, we're going to sure. see what we can do on our own. Yeah. And it, this limitation opens up new possibilities. For sure. us. So it's, it's an exciting prospect. Yeah. We like parameters. Let me ask you this. Um, your, well, I want to go in two different directions at the same time. But um, first of all, do you do you have stage, uh, stage background in stage, either of you? Uh, no. I per mean, se. not per se. Okay. I was not like, you know, I like uh, I tried out for the high school play, and they they like didn't give me a part, and I was like, screw this, <laughs> screw the theater forever. 
<laughs> we, we have dramatic tendencies. Yeah, um, sensibilities. And I spent a long time working in the circus world, like in the sort of neo vaudeville circus world. I work with the Bindlestick Family Circus, and so um, have been kind of uh, I've sort of come of age in that context. Um, and so that's been a deep influence for me as a, as a performer to, to see how presentational and um, deliberate mm -hmm. that kind of stage persona is. Well, it just sounds to me that you are, you have, um, you've blocked out um, in much the same way that a theater director, you know, might block out a scene. Uh, you've blocked out uh, these songs and it sounds like in, in some of the same ways, um, which, Obviously, if you've been in the circus, you know all about that and timing and, you know, the, the limit, limitations of your of your space. Um, now, you are um, you are in Brooklyn and you've, you've been pretty much in Brooklyn probably since the beginning of this pandemic, uh, I'm guessing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So does that um, do you think that's going to make its way into any of your creative uh, creations going forward? Is there anything? about what you've seen or what you've heard, what you've thought um, that fits in with with your sort of subject material? Yeah, we have one new song. Um, we actually, so we were, we were, we have separate households and we were in separate spaces for the first like three months, uh, you know, from yeah. like late March until June. Mm -hmm. Yeah, to like the middle of June, we were apart. Um, and so we started and we've now kind of potted up our households um but are pretty much still isolating separately from that um so we started writing a song when we were in our separate corners um called spooky action as in spooky action from a distance which is a physics thing a quantum physics thing um and it's kind of about um being separated and mm -hmm. um communicating with morse code and flashlight signals and paper airplanes and yes, another um, secret yeah. messages. So we, and that, and we, what we couldn't actually, <laughs> we weren't able to finish writing the song until we were back together. Um, it's, yeah. it's so hard to work remotely when you're used to collaborating very closely and the latency of digital communications, you know, oh, yeah. for virtual videos and stuff means you have to take turns. You can't really play at the same time. I've wondered about that. I've I've seen some really successful um, collaborations online, and I've I've wondered how they do that. Uh, frankly, um, do you have to if you're if you're actually playing simultaneously, um, do you have to? You can't. You, you pretty just, much can't. You yeah, unless can't. you have some dedicated hardware and like a super fast internet connection. Where like everybody's got like a super fast yeah. internet connection, and you're not geographically very distant, and everybody's hardwired. Like then it can work, but um yeah. or or if you're playing like kind of a tempo like yeah. like if you're playing stuff that isn't reliant on tempo and it's all kind of drones yeah like, like then, a remote yeah. drone band would work <laughs> yeah. but anything with with timing like there's there's going to be a latency there's going to be delay so that's yeah. why you see so many videos right now that people have you know it looks like they're playing together but they've recorded them in yeah. pieces and then assembled them and we we did one of those too and we you know it was great to do that but it is not the same as playing live yeah no no of course of course we're, we're not going to be getting back to that i don't think for at least i don't know six months eight months um but uh because the cases you know they're back on the rise and um and that's really troubling for everybody in in any sort of any sort of live event uh, business, uh, whether it's oh yeah, no, it's yeah. terrifying. But I meant even even just like 
live together on the internet. Like you, you can't. Um, no, 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 you can't. No, I know. I got that. I got that. I'm just yeah. saying that it's, it's a shame that, uh, that that's the best solution we have for now, but, uh, you know, of, yeah. of doing yeah. this. So, um, you, um, I just go back a little bit into your history. You've done some really cool things. Um, <laughs> you have number one, uh, you've been featured on the podcast. Welcome to night Vale, uh, mm-hmm. which was probably, uh, did more than many podcasts to put, podcasting on the map and to make people say, oh, well, maybe this is a serious thing. Definitely. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know how many listeners they eventually reach. It's its its way in the millions, though. Um, and so that was good. And then you've also, um, you've also toured with Rasputina, the, yeah. the cello, that rocking, amazing cello <laughs> act, which, you know, was another one of those things that you're like, really, cello? But then you see them, you're like, holy smokes. Um, how how is it? How was it touring with them? Oh my god, it was, it was a so dream. I've been a fan of Rasputina for so long, and getting to watch their set every night was just thrilling. So much um, fun! It, it never got old. Night uh, after night, no, which is night so after exciting. night, we're just like because we were the opening band, which meant like we were like at the kids' table basically. Yeah. Like we didn't really have to like worry about you know we didn't have to worry about like whether people were going to come out because everybody was going to come out for Rasputina. And we had a really tight set and um, Rasputina's fans were like primed to like exactly the kind of stuff that we do. And so we would get up there and we would start playing. And like by the end of the first song, they were like our biggest, newest fans. Like they'd come up to the merch table and be like, can we buy all your albums now? It was a dream. And then we would finish our short, tight set and then we would go stand in the back of the room and like like just sing along to Rasputina for the rest of the night. Oh my god, it was so great. So um, and that was like basically the that was like one of the last things we got to do. Um, yeah. we, that was last fall, and uh, yeah, we I think of it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. what's your what what does your tour schedule look like this year? Do you have um do you have much of a tour schedule, or do you have many more of these oh. sort of out, outdoor events? Uh, well, I can tell you that we had a very, I since January, we had been working very, very hard to book up spring and summer, and we had a really exciting tour booked um, in May. <laughs> um, we, that was going to take us through the Midwest to a lot of the places we had hit with Rasputina, and we put together a bunch of great shows. We were going to play this burlesque festival in Asheville, like all these things that like we had been, we have been working towards basically yeah. for our whole music career and so of course that whole thing was canceled um and in june we were planning to go to the pacific northwest um from seattle to san francisco and back which we did twice last year which was great and of course we had to cancel that and then we were going to do another tour in july um that was going to include a couple great gigs in cleveland and detroit and uh, up in rochester and of course that was all canceled um, so that's kind of what our year looks like. And that is kind of what everybody's year looks like. Yeah. This is like one of two live shows that we have that have remained on the books um, because both of them were able to convert them to outdoor shows. So our tour schedule for 2020 at the moment is the Foundry, August 7th and 8th in West Stockbridge and the Poughkeepsie Library in early October outside in upstate New York. So um, apart from that, we're doing live streams, and yeah. uh, which have been great in their way, but not the same. Have you ever heard of um, Mass Mocha? Yeah, we've been yeah. to Mass Mocha. I mean, I've been there. You know that they have a, an amazing 
uh, lineup of musicians all the time. They have a great yeah. space for that. Most people don't know that. Uh, most people think of them as, you know, America's largest and, and potentially finest modern art museum, but they have an amazing um, music calendar. And you should really get in touch with them because I believe they're doing some socially distanced uh, events as well. And I think you'd fit right in. And even though it's the Berkshires, um, the foundry is South County, which is mm -hmm. another, which is a completely different universe than North County. Mm -hmm. A uh, completely mm -hmm. different audience, and you pull people from uh, Vermont and 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 uh, up upstate New York to come to, to Mass Mocha. So you should. I don't know who the um the 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 who's booking for them, but right. you should definitely get in touch with them. Um and because uh, I know that people here in North County would love to see you as well, and then I'd get to see you twice. So there you go. <laughs> well, that's um, a idea, and we thank you for it. Yeah. Well, it's just it's it would definitely be your cup of tea. I can I can just tell you the the crowd, the, the space, you'd love it. I mean, honestly, like we just we've been kind of just reeling from like all that's had like even before like just just the like heartbreak of having to to cancel all the those tour gigs and then George Floyd and like the like national heartbreak of okay. all of that and the and then like the like increasingly yeah, federal oppressive crackdown. rise of fascism in this country like like we are struggling to just keep like our our heads together and um uh, usually i'm very aggressively booking out into the future and the future is just so uncertain like We've just been kind of trying to focus on on making music and and not freaking out completely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I may I may have to write the definitive guide to um, booking shows and doing events under martial law um, because yeah. you know, that's that's kind of where we're headed here. And and I'm you know I'm glad that you bring it up because I feel like um, the mainstream media has done a really shit job of kind of uh, being honest about how far we've slid off the rails from what was is the normal course of, of democracy. And I feel like when you have people in uniforms that have no insignia, um, grabbing people off the street and disappearing them into unmarked vans for, you know, who knows how long um, that's, that's kind of weird. And then you have a president who says, you know, ah, screw it. Maybe we'll postpone the election. Yeah. Uh, no, we saw the same things. This yeah. We saw that this morning and we were talking just this morning about Portland and how upsetting it is. Like, like we we because we've toured so much we've been to a lot of places that that you see in the news and Portland was one of our like favorite shows of that tour last last oh, year. Oh yeah, we have we, so many friends there. So we many have friends so many... there and like other musicians and it's just such a <sighs> warm place. Like like we our show in Portland is just such a happy memory for me. This this room was full of people and everybody was having a wonderful time and the opening band was wonderful and it was just it was this really special moment and and to to know that that portland is going through that right now and and so many people we know on you know on the front lines protesting the violence it gets really upsetting yeah well you know artists of all kinds and, and especially musicians um sometimes they are the only things the only people that really kind of hold a culture together during tough times Sometimes if it isn't for the artists, then there really isn't anything holding society, you know, as, as some sort of cohesive um, body. And I think that it's a, it's a burden to bear um, because 
you've got so many choices in how you react as an artist. Um, how how do you see, you know, Jeff? How do you see your role in interpreting what's going on through art? Yeah, it, it's really it's really interesting, and it's something I've been thinking a lot about in the past couple of weeks. Is as as all of this. Um, all this unrest is happening and it affects every, every, everybody. And some people a lot more than others, obviously. And it's just trying to reflect it back in a way that is, you know, honest and real. And, but also in a way that fits with the way you express yourself. And like our, our music isn't normally, you know, a, a forum for, you know, activism or protest or, or that, you know, any kind of like political angle of it, but it's so hard to not uh, address those subjects. So I think, you know, I, me personally, I'm still trying to work out and how to reconcile those two things in a way to express. And, you know, that's honest, but still kind of be within the way that I express myself, you know? Yeah. yeah and like, I don't know, I think what we what we've been doing mainly is kind of making a space for people to, to take a rest from what's yeah. going on. And so, uh, although we've been, we've been on a break from our weekly live streams, we, we started them in mid March and we, we did them every week until the end of June and we're kind of pushed, pushing pause for, for most of the summer. Um, but people would show up every week and just like express a sense of, of like relief to yeah. just be, in another place for an hour. Yeah. Um, so I kind of see that as as one of our roles in this, as mm -hmm. as like us personally and maybe us as artists generally, um, to just give people uh, a moment of reprieve and and of connection. Yes. Yeah. Connection. Yeah, I, I would say that um, in its in its own way, giving people a, a reason to laugh or a reason to clap their feet or stamp their feet, uh, mm -hmm. giving them, giving them something to look forward to, something to, something to hope for. Um, that in itself is, is a, can be a political act, um, to, right. to give people respite from reality can be a, a political act. So I, I, I think, I think everybody's got to do their part and that is no less important than say, um, you know, at the front lines, you've got a, a medic tent, um, you know, so you are sort of our, um, our psychic medic tent. <laughs> Let's psychic so. medic tent. I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll, um, we'll play, um, uh, Black Snake since you are, you're right. I really, you know, I like, I like it a lot. I just, I didn't want to, uh, to, to steal, <laughs> uh, to steal that from from anybody, but no, it's 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 definitely an amazing video, and um, it's a beautiful video, and so we'll play oh. that. We'll we'll embed that uh, the video, and we'll play the tune, and we'll play either Blue Bottle Blues or um, um, Belladonna Melodrama. Uh, you've got a, you've got a good way of coming up with names that are hard to say uh, for a podcaster, <laughs> right? But. This is um, right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Um, and um, and what we'll do is we will uh, we'll look for you in in the foundry uh, on August 7th and or 8th. Until then, why don't you tell the folks who are listening how they can find out more about you? 
Oh, there's so many ways. So easy. If you don't have a crystal ball or a scrying glass, you can go to charmingdisaster.com or you can find us on uh, on Facebook, on Instagram, on Instagram we're Charming Disaster Band. Mm-hmm. Um, on Spotify, on we're up there. Spotify, we're on Apple Music and iTunes. Amazon, all the, um, all we're the on mega YouTube. corporations. But you can find um, paths to all of those other yeah. places um, if you go to charmingdisaster.com. And that's the that's the best way to do it. Fantastic. And as always, we put the the link to that in the show notes because that's that's how we that's how we roll here on this show. <laughs> We don't make our audience guess or, or remember or have to write stuff down. So, Elliot and Jeff, I want to thank you so much for coming on. I know that uh, it's been a rough year for, for you, uh, as it has for many musicians, but we're so glad that you're going to be coming up here and giving us a couple of nights of amazing music and performance. And we look forward to seeing you then. Thank you so much, thank Jason. You. It's been such a pleasure talking to you. And um, it's funny because a lot of our songs concern catastrophe and the end of the world, and um, we never expected we them to be so gonna, relevant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's what a difference a half a year can make, huh? Oh, yeah, so true. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, you well, all take care, stay safe, too. and we'll talk you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Out my window. In the alley, there's a figure dressed in black On the nightstand lies a pistol and a letter sealed in wax Isabella, please indulge me, rouse yourself and fetch your things Alexander, is he watching? Oh my darling, let's set sail tonight Undercover of the darkness, now or never get the horses Meet the captain at the tavern He's a drunkard, can we trust him? On his deathbed Pull me closer in a whisper Made me promise to avenge him Was it sickness? Was it madness? Some disease that wrecked his brain? Deadly poison from a dagger While defending his good name My God, could it be those very forces That are seeking our destruction? Did he tell you any secrets? I have followed his instructions Deep dark design Thrust 
darkness, deck is listing, hard to starboard, ship is sinking, where's the captain, in the lifeboat, we're abandoned, for the last time, Alexander, Isabella, please unhand me, I must have that cursed letter, do you think I knew no better, you will never see that message, then you'll die here to protect it, mind the pistol, is it loaded, let it go now, I am dying as my lifeblood flows from me. Isabella, will you tell me who directs your treacherous deeds? Oh, my darling, ere I perish, please believe I loved you truly. Was it Masons, Rosicrucians, Jesuits, Illuminati? Unseen powers in the shadows, never named but in a whisper. Trade the secret for one last kiss. Belladonna on your lipstick. We are trapped in a maze of some deep, dark design. But the walls are on fire Who is to blame For this sinister plan A society of the mysterious And that, brothers and sisters, is one of the best arguments I can think of as for why I do this show. Tremendous artistry, better than so much of what's out there in Commercialville. But where did you hear it first? That's right. In the perfect little podcast package that the mongrel wraps up in a bow and presents to you each week. And that sentence is why spending 10 bucks on a pop filter is a worthy investment. All kidding aside, I chose Belladonna Melodrama as the second track I thought I'd share with you. And as I listen to the album again, my favoritism keeps shifting around, but keeps coming back to this one pretty often. I don't know. Now, the release is available for purchase now, so you can download your copy and figure out your own favorite. And if you're going to be in the Berkshires August 7th or 8th, you'd do well to see if there's still some tickets available to that show at the Foundry, West Stockbridge. You know, one of my favorite things about doing this show is that I get to hear just truckloads of great tunes, obviously, but often I also get to hear them long, long before anybody else, which means that I have to pretty much use all of my strength to sort of keep them secret, keep them under my hat. So this week, while everyone else has been in a a titter over Taylor Swift's new album, Folklore, which is predictably well done, or justifiably gushing over Billie Eilish's uh, new video for a transformative new track, My Future, I have been listening to the new release, Tomorrow is a Bird, by Julia Melanta. 
This native-born Italian singer-songwriter from Florence, who has called Austin, Texas home since 2010, I think, has earned the admiration of fans, critics, and other musicians over the course of seven albums. Uh, raw, bluesy sounds conveying, at times, uh, emotions that are even more raw. Uh, have queued up comparisons to Tom Waits, uh, Leonard Cohen, others. Uh, this album, a good candidate for one of our exceedingly rare full reviews, fairly bursts with satisfyingly surprising turns of phrase and, and other poetic flourishes. Uh, American songwriter debuted Julia Melanta's video for Sugar Home, off the upcoming Tomorrow is a Bird album about a week ago. And that, dear listeners, is the track that I have been cleared to play for you today. The rest, I'm afraid, is agonizingly under lock and key until October 16th. I know, right? I hope and suspect that another single or two might be allowed to break free before then. But for now, here is Sugar Home from Julia Melanta. Who am I to break into your Earthquake hits our land. 
Melanta says, in a dream, you can do what you want. Which means that we're all free to reinvent ourselves and always start fresh. You can, quote, follow the sound of your own feet, end quote, and fly so high above doubts, mistakes, and failed attempts to die. Julia's seventh solo album is about reevaluating life, about endings and beginnings, failures and opportunities, about changing direction, trusting that the wind will support your wings and get you where you need to go. As she says, quote, Today is a feather. Tomorrow is a bird. End quote. Finally, we get to a brand new segment that I'm excited to unveil here on Indecent Exposure, one that I'm calling the Discord Delivery Service. As you may have heard, I have opened up our very own Discord server as a place to build a kind of decentralized community for the show. If you haven't been hip to Discord yet, it is a massively multi-user chat app, kind of like Slack, but much, much cooler, at least for gathering people of similar interests like music, gaming, um, film, actually all kinds of things. Now, we're going to be doing live interviews there, uh, fueled by audience participation. We're going to debut some new tracks. We're going to keep office hours and more. But just as importantly, since more and more great indie musicians are finding their way into Discord, we're going to be searching for talented artists in there at various stages of their careers. And we're going to be showcasing their tunes outside of the server and into this very podcast. And that's a feedback loop I think we can all get into. For our very first installment of the Discord delivery service, I submit to you A Rushing River Speaks by Kat Daniel, who hails from Sweden. His debut album, Nomadic Feline Collective, just released on Spotify in July, and I'm hearing some really great things in it. Kat was also the first to befriend me when I landed in this strange new world of Discord and gave me the lowdown about how to get around in this social messaging hybrid. And he explained how to do stuff like, oh, I don't know, run the server I was trying to launch. So big gratitude to Cat Daniel, whose tune, A Rushing River Speaks, kicks off what I know is going to be a fave feature of the show.
Again, that was A Rushing River Speaks off Nomadic Feline Collective by Cat Daniel. And that's our show for the week. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or some other service or, or podcatcher like Downcast, please do check out the show notes for links to the artists and more information about the show. Until next time, remember, live to rock another day. Thank you.